searching for the meaning of life. The main thing is pay attention. I hate to wait. Sometimes I, I feel like that's all I do is wait for something that'll never come. Oh, it'll come. We're just trying to get to the truth. But what you need to remember is that there's what people want to hear, there's what people want to believe, there's everything else, then there's the truth. The hand of God always stays hidden, right? It ain't necessarily so. It ain't necessarily so. The things that you're liable to read in the Bible ain't necessarily so. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. This week we've got Jason Swanston, and Jason is the guy that runs the Second Life meetings. And he's going to be holding them at the Urban Guru Cafe Second Life site. Yes. I think it's tomorrow. Well, you can't say that. There's no tomorrow. No. There's no yesterday. There's only now. Tomorrow's yesterday is yesterday's tomorrow. Say that again. There is no future, there is no past, there is nothing but today. For yesterday's tomorrow is tomorrow's yesterday. Yeah? Think about it. Everybody is talking about being in the now. It's not even just in non-duality circles. But we never really move out of the now, and yet it seems like we do. Can you explain what is happening? Recognize first and foremost that suffused with thoughts is time. And whenever thoughts appear like, man, I could really go for lunch in a little while, or I can't believe that jerk at work said that about me yesterday, or, you know, I don't know how in the hell I'm going to pay for my bills. That, you know, discussion of a future time or a past time can only be happening right now. You know, you certainly have absolutely no idea what's going to be happening 5, 10, 15 minutes from now. Any speculation is just another thought that's happening right now. And recognize that there is not a person here that is thinking thoughts. That person, well, is just the thought. <laughs> so there's absolutely no way that we could move outside of now. Now is all there is, and there's no possible way that anything could be happening other than right here and right now. You know, let's take the example, you know, how in the hell am I going to pay my bills? I have no idea how, you know, I'm going to pay for the mortgage. You know, that's the future. And that is happening right now. And there's a belief that, you know, there's a person here that is in charge. There's a person here that is, you know, going to be the one that's actually doing this action. And there's a person that needs to, you know, figure out a way to make more money here. And that's that's the the sense that there is something that's just not right. And it's that underlying anxiety is the belief that there is a person here. 
that's doing something. So if we were just to pause thoughts and to, you know, set those aside for a moment, you know, we have absolutely no evidence whatsoever that there's a person here or that there's any evidence whatsoever that there's a past or a future. And so it's the belief that the thoughts are actually an entity. Yeah, that it, it's happening to a me that's here. And that thinker, of course, is just a thought. It's just an, in, an invalid reference point. You know, we take ourselves to be this me, this I, and you are not a thought. The me or I is just a concept. And we have absolutely no evidence whatsoever that a me or an I is here. You know, recognize that whatever evidence that there is, is thoughts that immediately swoop in and try to verify the existence of a me or I. But if we just set those aside, we can't find anything whatsoever. Because thoughts really can't be evidence, can they? No. Right. Can you explain why a thought can't be evidence? Because a lot of times it's very easy for people to think, okay, well, of course there's a me. I've got this thought there's a me. And someone says, well, question that thought. Is that thought the reality? But why can't we rely on thoughts as evidence of the, there being an entity? Sure. Well, if what's being pointed out here is that which never changes, that which always is, seems to me like thoughts come and go. Thoughts are constantly appearing and disappearing, and thoughts are ephemeral, and there's absolutely no substance whatsoever to thoughts. You know, they're, they're much like clouds. You can't put them in your hand and show them to somebody. They uh, have no texture, no taste, no smell, no color, no form whatsoever. Okay, if you use that line of pointing... Somebody sure. can say, fine, thoughts are ephemeral, they can't be located, but the body is tangible. So can you really use that line of pointing? So, you know, I'm just kind of, someone might come back to you now and say, well, look, the body is concrete, it's solid, and yet I'm not the body. So can we just dismiss thoughts because of their ephemeral qualities? <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just playing yeah. devil's advocate here. Absolutely. Well, who would the thoughts appear to? And I think that that's what needs to be recognized. Who would these thoughts appear to? Well, undeniably, they're rising and falling. Undeniably, the body appears and disappears every night in deep sleep. And we have absolutely no idea who. Because the thinker is a thought. But undeniably, it's happening. thing too that Bob says about the body is is this the same body you know when people talk about how concrete the body is you know this body <laughs> that you believe yourself to be what did it look like two years ago or 20 yeah. years ago you know if we're, what we're talking about here is that which always is the body is constantly shifting it's constantly changing you know you put on weight 
the hair turns gray, the skin wrinkles. It's constantly in a state of flux. So, you know, it's very clear to see that the body is not what you are. Isn't it just an appearance to you? I remember when Bob years ago said to me, you know, what I am has to be the changeless. And I said, well, why? Why, why, do I, why is it that I have to be the changeless, right? And, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a question for you. I mean, why? Why is it that I have to be the changeless? Why is it that I am? Why is it that we, that it is the changeless that is the truth of what I am, what everyone is, what it is? <laughs> How could you possibly be anything else? What, what's happening here is it's as if... Um, you know, we're playing this game of make-believe that we forgot that we're playing. <laughs> and uh, when you were a young child, you know, your parents or whomever, you know, went to you and said, Jason, that's Jason. And somehow there's this identification that Jason is somehow the body that's here. And then, you know, we learned that, you know, table, desk, chairs, book, whatever. We forget that concepts are not the thing. But the concepts could never be the thing that's being pointed out here. And we forget that the concepts never really divide because that is really all there is. So we get so wrapped up in this game of make-believe that we forget. So there's this underlying sense that there's something that's just not right. And the mind comes in and tries to label it. Um, I'm trying to find my sense of purpose in life. I'm trying to find God. And there's this lacking that's there. There's this hole. And we do absolutely everything in our power to try to fill that hole. So, you know, we at first try to, you know, fix it by, I don't know, getting a good-looking girlfriend or boyfriend or maybe it's, uh, you know sex, drugs, uh, but then we move on to, I don't know, maybe it's a better job or a better house, and then we recognize that that's just not doing it. There's no way that we can fill that hole by going to the material world, so then maybe we set that aside, and maybe we uh, pick up you know Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, these sets of spiritual or philosophical beliefs. And we hear of things like enlightenment, we hear of things like reality and truth and being and things like that, and we do everything in our power to search after it. But we're no better off than when we started, because we're still looking, we're still searching, because what's being overlooked is that seeking is something that a person does. Mm. We immediately overlook that We assume that there's a human being here that's always here. And we overlook, well, rather, we assume that the me, there's a me here that is doing the seeing. There's a me here that's doing the knowing. This awareness that we hear about, well, that's my awareness. I am doing the awareness. Mm. And, of course, all of which that is false. This seeing is already happening. So that sense that there's something that's just not right, that's the belief that there's a person here. So there's no way (laughs) that you could possibly be anything else. So we have to take a look at this and see, well, you know, what's, what's really happening here? 
it seems to me that seeing, this knowing, is always shining. And then concepts like me, I, person, Jason, whatever, they just appear and disappear. And also, Jason, I was thinking about this changeless thing, changelessness, and that is what I am. The other thing about that is that, that if people look back or even just pause a thought for a second and consider what has always been there with them from the very beginning to now, it's what's always been with them, regardless of this changing body and the changing thoughts. They, sure. They will see that changeless. Yeah, I mean, anything that arises is an experience. And that's why any sort of searching for enlightenment is immediately futile. There's just no possible way because any sort of attainment is something that a person gets. That's yeah. immediately referencing a person. So experiences come and go. That's just the nature of experience. It rises and it falls. And then the mind tries to come in and label, well, that's a special experience. Who gives a shit? That's just another experience. Everything comes and goes. It appears and disappears. But that which never changes is that cognizing, that registering, that experiencing. You are listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. enlightenment and you know this idea enlightenment sounds like um, some sort of yogi or some sort of monk that spent 30 years in the Himalayas or starving himself silly or chanted endlessly and finally there's some sort of grand awakening some sort of grand experience and then finally now I have it now I got it well recognize that's just an attainment and what we're pointing to here is that one without a second so how could something possibly be added to that? That's absolutely impossible. The one is all there is. There's no room for other. There may be many waves in the ocean, but all there is is the ocean. So any sort of attainment is just another experience. So silently waiting for something to happen, hoping that something is just around the corner, recognize that that is still seeking. And recognizing that, well, okay, I see that, and I recognize that I can't get that, but recognize that, well, silently waiting for something to still happen is still looking for something. And there's absolutely nothing to get here because what we're talking about here <laughs> is so ridiculously simple, and it's what you are. The ocean doesn't need to work to become water. It is what it already is. You are already that. And that I amness, that always hereness, is always shining. And it's very, very, very obvious. So obvious, in fact, that the mind just simply passes over it because it is too simple and too obvious. 
there isn't a person here to experience it. There isn't a person that's ever been here. And that's the miracle of it all, I guess, is somehow all of this is still happening. Now, um, there's some which are lovingly referred to as the Advaita police that, you know, can't stand to see I, me written in pointers or conversation. And all of that, of course, is absolutely ridiculous. No, it's absolutely crucial for conversation to even happen. But this concept of Jason is just that. It is only a concept. The mind just needs to be seen for what it is. It's just a series of concepts. Oh, I like to say that it's, you know, just like Santa Claus. There was a period where you believed that was truly what was happening. That was truly real. But once that is truly seen for what it is, the belief is shattered and there's no possible way that you could go back into believing that. But when you see Santa at the mall or, you know, on the street ringing a bell or laughing and joking with kids, you don't fall back into the trap for a second. You just say, oh, you know, there's an old guy that likes to play with kids and, you know, laugh and joke and, you know, that's, that's Christmas. And you smile and life goes on. about that witness idea you know because often in non-duality people will say oh you go through the witness phase and there's a seed of what is transpiring but really ultimately there is no witness there's just the being you know some say that kind of taking this attitude as being the witness is helpful and I wouldn't disagree with that because I think that it starts to deconstruct the belief that, you know, there's not a me here that is seeing the world and all there is is, you know, this witnessing that's happening. But I think that you can completely bypass all that because, well, frankly, it can be a little bit disingenuous because it sounds like that there's, you know, stages or this, you know, maturation process that takes place. And that's not true at all. You can completely bypass all that. If we just pause thoughts, where is the seer? Who is the one that's seeing right now? What evidence do you have? And that looking back, you know, or looking to see without thought for a second, what is there? There's nothing there, is there? No. But the registering is still happening. The seeing is still shining. The knowing is still happening. And that's what cannot possibly be denied. You know, I think what really hit home here, you know, Bob says, you know, you don't fall apart and you don't disappear. The closest we can possibly come to it is with the words, I am. You know that you are. That's absolutely undeniable. Well, how do you know that? How do you know that you are? And if I were to ask you, are you awake? Are you here? Are you present? In absolutely no time, you instantly respond, well, of course. You didn't have to contemplate that. You just know that you are. 
we can use awareness, being, seeing, knowing interchangeably. It's just that we're pointing to it in slightly different ways and maybe certain words resonate differently. That sense of existence is that which cannot possibly be denied and that is what never changes and it is that which the manifestation in all experiences come and go in. great deal of talk about love in non-duality. Can you explain this love and people's misunderstanding of it? Sure. I think that there's this um, misconception about love that when there's this final understanding that happens, that there's this permanent stoned out bliss that it all of a sudden appears and then is permanent and then is just always there after there's this understanding and that's completely false because what we're talking about here is that which never changes wouldn't that love that spontaneously appears after this final understanding be just another experience that's just another thing that will come and whatever comes must go. That seems to be the nature of the universe. Now, I think that that's a easy trap for the spiritual persona to kind of, you know, take on. And I think that there's a lot of gurus out there that try to peddle that, and it's entirely misleading. If what we're talking about here is that knowing, which is always shining, which is always registering, We can say that it is much like a movie camera that is always on, and that red light is always there. And whatever is happening is perfectly okay. There is a complete and pure acceptance of all that comes and goes. So whether it's a baby that's born, whether it's the notice that you just lost your job, or your house is foreclosed, or your best friend is getting married, there's a pure acceptance, a pure registering, and good, bad, right, or wrong are just concepts that come and go. And those concepts of good and bad must be referencing other concepts. So, of course, that is entirely and completely false. So, if the mind is desperate (laughs) to come in and label that pure, open acceptance of what's happening and wants to, you know, label that love or the peace, 
by all means, I I guess, I guess that seems to fit, but I guess that is the best that I can explain that. So really, like the main thing about that is that a lot of people get this idea that somebody who's clear on this is going to be eternally peaceful and loving and unconditionally accepting of anything and everyone that walks around them. You know, you've seen it. We've all seen it. You know, and even accepting, you know, even the word... Yeah, even 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 accepting is you know just the concept, and that seems to fall short. And no, you hit it right on the head. I mean, it it sounds like this you know teenage lovey dovey you know love, and it's it's entirely false. Mm. And honestly, it's it's complete bullshit. have been listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. The Urban Guru Cafe is produced in Australia.